As believers, we must realize that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit in our life, is so much more than speaking in tongues. It's so much more than speaking in tongues. And if you're here today, you've not even experienced that. Your Christianity has just only scratched the surface. So if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues, having that language to communicate with God, where your spirit becomes in tune with the Spirit of God, if you've not experienced that, today is your day. Make sure you get that gift at the end of the service. Come here and we'll pray for you. But for us, the majority of us here today, that have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that have received that power, that prayer language, I want to tell you that it is so much more than that. There are three dimensions of the presence of the Holy Spirit. There are three dimensions of where the way God works with you. Before that, I want to let you know who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the third person of divinity. The Holy Spirit is third, not because he is lower or less powerful. We, think, we tend to think in our human mind, number one, number two, number three. And so number three must be inferior to number two and number one. In the Godhead, that is not the same. They are all equal in power. They are just having different personalities. They have different dispensations. In the Old Testament, God the Father was in charge. And even when he was in charge, you could see the, the workings of Jesus as he would come as the first man in the fire, as the host, as the champion, as the commander of the host of the army. You could see Jesus. And then God started to foretell through the prophets, through men of God inspired by the Holy Spirit, to tell us that there was one coming. The Son of Man, the Word of God, will be made flesh and will dwell among us. And one day, Mary, a 16-year-old girl, was visited by an angel. And the angel said, you will be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And you will bear a child. And his name will be Emmanuel, Son of God, God with us. When Jesus came to this earth, the dispensation of Jesus started. And then, before he left, he started telling you, it is expedient for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Spirit, the Spirit, the promise of the Father, is what the Spirit, he called, it, called him. The promise of the Father will come to you. He will show you all things because he will search of the Father and he will reveal me to you. He said it's expedient for you that I go away. He will be your comforter. He will be your guide. He will guide you into all truth. He will reveal me to you. Jesus said, there are things about me that I can not even tell you now because if I tell you, you won't understand. He said, but when the spirit of truth is come, he will reveal all things to you. And then when Jesus left, on the day of Pentecost, the spirit announced his arrival. With a mighty rushing wind and with tongues of fire, he came and he baptized the disciples and all of those that were in the upper room. And he announced his arrival, and that was the beginning of the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we are right now. The dispensation of the Holy Spirit, where he is in charge. God oversees everything. Jesus proclaims he is the word. 
but the Holy Spirit executes. So we must understand that the Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. He's not less in power. You have the sun, the heat. You have the ball of the sun. You have the heat of the sun. You have the light of the sun. It's the same sun. The light of the sun is not different from the ball of the sun. It's not different from the heat of the sun. You are three in one. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. You are not separated. Water is three in one. You have liquid, you have solid, ice, and you have vapor. But it's still the same water. See the Holy Spirit as a person of the Godhead. The same in power, omnipresent, omniscience, has the same qualities as God the Father, God the Son. And yet they are one. I want you to understand that. Because the three dimensions of the Holy Spirit, we focus a lot on two of them, but we've not focused so much on the power, the manifested presence that we can carry in us and ex- exhibit in our lives that will really make the difference. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God came in you because the God breathed in you and your spirit man came alive. And he's with you always. And then when two or three are gathered, he says, I'm there in your midst. But then there's the manifested presence when the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit and as we come together, we ask him to come down in a cloud, in a glory, and that presence falls and you know you have been visited. There are benefits and there are things that come in as we press into that presence, the manifested presence, the Shekinah glory of God. The first thing you see is that when the Spirit of God lives in you and is manifested in you, it makes you unique. It sets you apart and it consecrates you. And people can know that you carry the presence of God. David, in 1 Samuel 16, 13, he pressed into the presence. He was a worshiper. He knew his God and he worshipped God. And the Bible says that Samuel came to him and anointed David and said the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And once the Spirit of the Lord came upon David, David became distinguished. It was when the Spirit of the Lord came that gave him the power that he was able to take Goliath down. It was the Spirit of God that came upon him, that gave him insight, that took him to the kingdom. That made him today the one that that we call Jesus, the son of, he's Jesus, the son of David. He couldn't do anything, you didn't hear about him until the Holy Spirit came on him when he was anointed. The anointing separates you, it distinguishes you. So we must not be satisfied with, oh, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I pray in an unknown tongue. That is good, but it's the beginning. Are you different? Are you distinguished? Is there something about you that when people see you, see me, they can say, there's something about that person. Your presence, your demeanor, the way you talk, the way you behave, the way you react to adversity. The Holy Spirit makes you different. 
The Holy Spirit brings out your uniqueness. There were a lot of Israelites, young men and women that were put into slavery at the time of Daniel. But Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego pressed in out of the thousands of young people that were captured in Israel and taken to, to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. Those four distinguished themselves. Look at what the Bible says in Daniel 5, 11. This was the queen, the wife of the king saying this when they needed something to be done. For someone to give them interpretation of what was written on the wall. For someone to give interpretation of the dream of the king. And the men and the women of, the, of wisdom in that society couldn't do it. But the uniqueness of Daniel, God set him aside because the Holy Spirit was in him. It says in Daniel 5.11, there is a man in your kingdom in whom the Spirit of God dwells. He will be able to tell you your dream. He will be able to tell you what you need to know to read the writing on the wall. And we know of Daniel, how much he pressed into the presence of God. Even when they said, you are going to be arrested and killed. For not for praying, he still opened that window. Three times a day, he still knelt before God and he pressed in. That is what God does. Those are the benefits. Those are the things that we begin to see in our life when we press for the presence of God. When we press to receive more, just not to be satisfied. I'm not satisfied anymore with what I have been. I am not satisfied anymore. I know there can be more. And for this church, the same thing. We cannot just be satisfied. If we are filled with the Spirit, we want to see signs. We want to see wonders. We want to see miracles. We want to see God healing the sick, raising the dead, delivering people. Jesus himself. He said when, I, when he was anointed, when, when, when he was baptized in the river Jordan by John, and the Spirit, the heavens opened and the Spirit came upon him. And he was driven by that spirit into the wilderness. When he came out, what followed him was signs, miracles, and wonders. It was signs, miracles, and wonders. The spirit is given to us just like that. When the dispensation of the spirit, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to give sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That is what we too should do because we have the Spirit. It's the same Spirit. It's not giving in less of a measure to one person than the other. It's not giving in more of a measure to one person or the other. It depends on your hunger not to be ordinary. Your hunger to press in into His presence. Your hunger to refuse to let distractions Take you away from God. That is what I desire for this church. That's what I desire for me. That's what I desire for you. Not to do church just the same anymore. Not to say, oh, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I speak with tongues and that is where it ends. I don't see a tree, mango tree. I don't see an orange tree struggling to produce mangoes or oranges. I've never seen that. When you plant an orange tree because it's an orange tree, it produces oranges. Because the seed of the orange is what is planted. The seed of the Holy Spirit has been planted in us.
we carry him and so the fruit of, his, of, of him being in us must be seen. The gifts of him being in us must be exhibited. We have to do that. We have to. That's what's going to make the difference. He gives us insight and discernment. Walking in the spirit. You can begin to sense evil and good. You can begin to discern what wisdom you need to do something and what you don't need to do. You can begin to know the right thing, the right step, the right business, the right woman, the right man to marry, the right, the right thing to say, when to speak and when not to speak. Because the Holy Spirit will give you that wisdom. He says there are hidden wisdom that God has in His Word. But the Holy Spirit will unveil that wisdom to you and make you to see things in a way that a man... I cannot hear, I cannot see and hear, cannot hear, but he will reveal it to you because you have him on the inside of you. Absolute freedom is another thing he gives you. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is freedom, liberty, absolute freedom. Are you bound by depression? Are you bound by anxiety? Are you bound by dirt, debt, money? You, just, you don't have enough money. You're always having to, to, to buy things and you just have this credit card that's sinking you. In what area are you in bondage? The Bible says here, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. When you stay in His presence long enough, when you desire that presence and you say, Holy Spirit, teach me, He will set you free because light, He is light. Light and darkness will never dwell in the same place. Light and darkness will never dwell. He will set you free that when you come to church, you feel like dancing to the Lord. You are not ashamed. You are not restricted. You can come and you can dance in freedom to the one who set you free. Freedom. Freedom. That's what he came to do. The Spirit of the Lord, he gives us freedom. Hallelujah. 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 First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 10. It says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. There's a wisdom of this age. The rulers, those in charge, they have a certain wisdom. But God says in the scriptures here, their wisdom will come to nothing. And have we not all seen it? Have we not all seen it? Where their wisdom has become foolishness? And our foolishness has become wisdom? We've seen it. He says, but we, we here, we speak the wisdom of God. But that wisdom of God is always in a mystery. And it's hidden. The hidden wisdom. Which God has ordained before the ages for what? For our glory. The glory I'm talking about that will begin to rule and reign in your life. The things that will begin to show in your life because you have accessed that hidden wisdom by the Spirit of God. He says, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, her eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10 is crucial. That's the key right there. 
They may not know it, they may not hear it, they may not understand, it may not enter your heart, but not for you. Because it says here, but God has revealed them to who? To us. So we are no longer in, in darkness. So we are no longer, the hidden wisdom is no longer hidden to us. Those things that Jesus said, I cannot tell you now because, because if I do, you cannot understand them. We can understand them now. We can read those scriptures and get the light. The Holy Spirit was the author. He is the author of the Bible. We can read those scriptures now and he will illuminate that scripture, illuminate those words for us and we will see the hidden wisdom behind it. The hidden wisdom that will differentiate you from the next person. The hidden wisdom that will elevate you, that will set you apart, that will distinguish you. We can now, because the Bible says he has revealed them to us. Through who? Through the Spirit. Because it's only the Spirit that can search all the things of God. It is only the Spirit that knows the heart of God. And the Holy Spirit can go in there, search it, pick the one that is for you, and reveal it to you. And as you begin to work on it, it separates you. It elevates you. It gives you power. You are able to walk on a level that the one who hasn't been able to sit down enough, to long enough, to seek it, cannot walk in. We need the Holy Spirit. More than ever. Jesus said it is expedient. It is crucial. It is crucial. And it's expedient. Especially in these last days that we live in. I'm going to go to a, a, a parable now. To show us the necessity of the Spirit in our lives. It's a mystery that Jesus proclaimed in a parable of the ten virgins. The necessity, the necessity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It says, then the kingdom, Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. It says, now the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. So right here we know that he's not talking about women. He's not talking about women who are pure physically. He already told you that the kingdom of God, the kingdom we are part of, the kingdom we belong to, we don't belong to the kingdom of the world. The Bible says when we were saved, he translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So we belong to another kingdom and Jesus is telling us that this kingdom that you and I be belong to, there are some things he wants to tell us about it. It is likened to ten virgins who took their lambs and went to meet the bridegroom. Now, why ten virgins and what is the purpose of ten? Why ten? Why not nine? Why not eight? Verse two. Now, five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. So we know right there that there was a distinction between the ten in just that one verse. So let's find out what distinguished them, what made some foolish and what made the others wise. It says in verse 3, those that were foolish, they took their lamb and took no oil with them. Okay, so the kingdom of God... It's likened to ten virgins. So we all have, all ten of us, there's no separation at that point. We're all virgins. We all have been saved. We all have the righteousness of Jesus. We all carry the lamp 
The word, their word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. They all have the word of God, the lamp. All ten of them. No distinction, no differentiation. And then it tells you out of those that were carrying the lamp, out of those ten, they were saved. Righteous, they have the righteousness of God, they are pure. There's nothing, there's no stain in them. They have the word of God. Five of them could be foolish. They have the word of God. How can that be? He says, but the wise, verse 4, took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And why, verse 5, says, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. We are all subject to being weary. We are all subject to being tired. We are all subject to sleeping. Now, some of you are sleeping right in front of me now. We are subject to it. We all sleep, we all slumber, we all get tired. I woke you up, right? That was the goal. You won't sleep again, I can see you. But endurance. Time is what differentiated them. When they all carried their lamp, there was light. The wick was burning for the short time. But when the time, when the bridegroom delayed, when there was need for endurance, when there was need to tell the young men, between, from the young men, the, the children from the mature ones, let me put it that way. Because the Bible says the kingdom of God is looking, is looking, is searching for the, for the sons of God to be revealed. When time was not in the picture, when you needed to not have endurance, when you needed time, when you needed time, when you needed time, it begins to differentiate between the wise and the foolish. They were all tired. They all fell asleep. That means all of us here, none of us is perfect. That means even with the word of God in our life, even as we walk with him, we are saved. There are times when we get weary. There are times you are believing God for something. You've had the scripture. You are believing God. You are quoting the scripture. And it looks like it will never come to pass. And the time comes when you are wondering, is this ever going to happen? Is this ever going to happen? Do I just keep quoting this scripture and believing this scripture? That's where the separation comes. And then those that were wise heard the cry. Both of them heard the cry. All ten of them heard the cry. And verse 6, it says, At midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all of the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish one, that's when the foolishness came very, very apparent. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some oil, for our lamps are going out. Like I said last week, so there is, the Holy Spirit is what gives, is the power. Remember the scriptures were inspired by him. He breathed in scriptures. So if you just take the scripture and you don't allow the Holy Spirit to breathe into that scripture to empower you, you're just quoting letters. The Bible is telling us here that when the, when the robber meets the road, the difference between that 
man, that woman, who is able to get the scripture, the word of God, to manifest for them to see their bridegroom. Your bridegroom can be your dream that you are believing God for. Your bridegroom can be the job. Your bridegroom can be the wife you are believing God for. Can believe, whatever it is you are believing God for. And again, of course, it means the bridegroom we are waiting for at rapture. If the Holy Spirit is not operating in your life, and all you just have is the word of God but no power behind it, the Bible says the ladder kills. It is the spirit that gives life to the letter. So do you now understand why it is not just praying in tongues? It's for you to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The one that gives you the endurance. The one that gives you the fire. The one that gives you the zeal. The one that helps you to hold on even when things are going crazy. The one that tells you it is going to be okay even if you don't see it now. You have the oil. When the lamp is about to go out, you pour some oil in and the lamp comes back alive. That's what differentiates the, the foolish from the wise. He says, give us some oil for our lamps are going out. And they answered wisely, no, go buy your own. Go buy your own. You cannot walk on somebody else's anointing. I told you all before, we can fake everything. Everybody can, f- believe me. But one thing you cannot fake is the presence of the Spirit in a man's life. You cannot. You cannot, you cannot use what God has given. It takes time and it takes effort. The, the, the Bible says, Timothy was told by Paul, he says, find into flame, find into flame the gifts of the Spirit that was deposited in you. If I take two, two logs of fire and I find two logs of fire, it would take more effort for me to have five, six, seven logs of fire and find them. It would take longer, but that fire, when it takes longer, is going to burn more than those two logs of fire. It takes more time for you to stay in the presence of God. It takes more time for you to press in. It takes more time for you to know this God we are talking about. For him to reveal himself to you, and like I said last week, he's not called a comforter. He's not called a helper. For no reason. He doesn't just open up to anybody. You have to know him. Like I told you last week, a woman, a good woman, if a man is trying to date you, he doesn't get you the first day. He has to do the work that's involved. You have to prove him. So you cannot pray in one hour and have somebody else spending hours and hours and days and days with the Holy Spirit and you expect to walk in the same revelation. You expect to walk in the same anointing. It's not possible. And so for us as believers, we have to place priority. It's priority. It's what you place priority in. We all have time. We all have time. We all watch series of stuff on TV and we're not tired. We all have time if it is important to us. We do. We do. But remember, what you invest in is what we show, whether you're wise or you're foolish. It says, and why, verse 10, and why they went to buy. They were, at least they wanted to buy, but it was too late. They said the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with the bridegroom to the wedding, and the door was shut. When your preparation is crucial for the opportunity of what you're praying for. Are you hearing me? 
all the young people here, if you want to become something, you start to prepare for it, and you know that it will take some time. Uh, if gold, if diamonds were that seen on the floor, it, you won't be spending 5000 to get a little bit of it to give to your, your wife or when you get engaged. The things that are precious, the things that will set you aside, it's not what everybody is doing. You have to take time, the giftings God gave you, to develop, to develop them. You have to spend time. You have to be different. And with time, all of you might start in high school. Everybody, how many? 50, 80 of you in the class. Four years later, you can now see where the diversion the divergence started. You can now see the differences. And the difference is the time and the energy and the dedication and the faithfulness in which you pursued what God put in your heart. That's it. That's what happened here. That's the wisdom that God is showing us, Jesus is showing us here. That if you want the opportunity to come, preparation has to be done. When the opportunity comes, preparation and opportunity meet, you have your miracle. If you are not prepared, the opportunity will come and you are not there. The door was shut. Shut. That's what Jesus said this. That opportunity was lost forever. Just because they were not prepared. Afterwards, verse 11, afterwards the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered, I don't know you. So God knowing you depends on how much of the Holy Spirit you have in you. Ah. He says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. He brings it back home again. This is us in the church. Ten, five. Five. Five will not go here. Five will not go in. That's scary. That's scary. Five, I mean, this came from the mouth of Jesus. We can apply it in other areas of life. The wisdom is to be able to take the scripture and apply it to different areas for your need, for what you're asking God for, for the opportunity you want to be in front of you. By the end of the day, it also relates to your Christian walk. You need the Holy Spirit. We all need the Holy Spirit. We all need to develop a relationship with Him. When you go into your prayer time, Holy Spirit, I want to spend time with you. Sometimes just stay in His presence. We pray, what I begin to find out, after you've prayed, stay silent. Stay silent. And you begin to hear, it's like thoughts come into your mind. You start seeing pictures of people. You start smelling things. You start begin, you, it's something you develop. Those five senses we have in the physical, we also have them in the spiritual. God will not give us those senses if he didn't have them. God is a personality. He's a person, not a human being, but he's a person. And so the more time you spend in the, in the presence of God, the more, you are more, more time you're conscious, you tell yourself, I want to spend time with the Holy Spirit. You read the word, you pray, and then you just stay. Get a pen. Get a, a, a piece of paper. And whatever he tells you, you write it down. If he gives you instructions, it might feel foolish. Remember, the things of the Spirit are foolishness to men. 
But however, we that are spiritual, we can discern that is spiritual. So if it doesn't make sense to your mind, don't worry. That's how you know it's the Holy Spirit. And I hope he tells you to give the church $13,000 for a whole quarter for a TV station. That's really the Holy Spirit. Anyway, so when he tells you to do stuff that just kind of seem out of ordinary, go speak to this person. Or he brings a picture to your mind and says, pray for this person. And after praying, call them and find out what's going on in their lives. The more you do that, the more he begins to show you how he works with you. Because every one of us is so individual. He works with you in a different way than he will work with me. But you have to find the way he works with you. But it only happens when you take that time to spend in his presence. And I tell you, there's nothing, there's no high like the high of the Holy Spirit. I can tell you that now. When you spend time with the Holy Spirit, the joy, the peace that comes into your life is just... And so when you do something wrong, immediately you know. Because it's like he just moves away a little bit and you feel like this weight of the world is on you. And you're like, Holy Spirit, please, what is it that I've done wrong? We have to get to that space. We have to get to that stage. And that's when, when we all come together, guess what? I'm carrying that kind of presence. You are carrying that kind of presence. Guess what is going to be happening in this place? We want revival? Let it start with me. Don't put it on somebody else. Let revival start with me. Let revival start with me spending time with the Lord and his word. Let revival start with me, spending time in prayer. Let the word, the revival start with me, spending hours with just worship, just soaking music on my face before the Lord. You must speak to me today, Holy Spirit. You must say something to me today. I'm not living here until you speak to me. Moses said, I cannot go without your presence. How would they know I'm different? How would they know we are different if you are not with me? And God said, okay. He says, come and stay by the rock on my side. That's still the same today. That's still the same today. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Realize that he's the one in charge now. He's the one in control. Ask him to talk to you. Ask him to reveal himself to you. Stay on your face until you hear from him. Stay there until he speaks to you. Are we ready to do that? Are we ready to do that? Stand to your feet this morning. Ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. 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 Thank you. Thank you. It's not by power. It's not by might. Ah, help us to realize that we are too busy. And that when we rest in you, what we are busy trying to find will just come to us. Help us, Holy Spirit. Oh, the Shekinah glory of God. Come upon our lives. Operate in our lives, Holy Spirit. We give you honor today. We give you honor today. We give you your place in our life. We give you your place in this church. We ask that you begin to manifest your presence, your manifested presence, your Shekinah glory that came on them in the tabernacle like a cloud. That followed the Israelites like fire and like a cloud. We ask for that Shekinah glory. Today, today, from this day forward, that we will begin to manifest the presence of the Holy Spirit. That people will see it in our physical bodies. 
when they see us, they will know that something is different about us. We give you glory today. Just raise your hands as you worship Him. Oh, let Him begin to speak to you. Let Him begin to give you ideas. Let Him begin to give you the solution, the way out of that problem. Let Him begin to tell you the way to speak to your husband. Let Him begin to tell you the way to speak to your wife, to speak to your children. Let Him begin to tell you how to run that business. Let Him begin to tell you how to operate in your marriage. Let Him begin to tell you how to spend time with Him. Oh, He's our teacher. He will lead us into all truth, the Bible tells us. Let Him begin to do that to us today. Oh, we worship you, Holy Spirit. Speak to our lives, oh God. Oh, you are God, you are God, you are God. Begin to lead us into all truth. Reveal the truth of Jesus to us. We give you all the praise this morning. We give you all the glory. If you are here, you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you are here, you are not saved. If you are here and you say, I hunger for more. If you are here and you say, I want more, I want to press in more. If you are here and you have something you want us to believe God for with you. I want you to come and just kneel down. Just be with Him. It's time to let go of our personalities and let the personality of the Holy Spirit come upon us. So if you are here and you need the Holy Spirit, if you are here and you want to lay something down, if you are here and you say, I just want more, I just want more, I want more, I'm no longer satisfied, I want you to come to the front. Let's pray together. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. We stand in your presence, oh God. Oh, come to yes, Lord. the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness, hey, for yes. Satisfied, oh God. No longer satisfied. We cannot be ordinary. Yes, God, baptize us and fresh, oh God. Hey. Yes. We walk in a supernatural place in you, God. We are not satisfied, oh God, with ordinary anymore. Eh, mashanderebo korere, manderebo sheterebo, yerebo shanderebo. Let your fire fall, let your fire fall, let your fire fall, let your fire fall. Oh, mashanderebo korere yaba. Eh, yes, my God. Eh, we will walk with those. You will walk with those who are willing. Walk with us because we are willing. Ah, our fire will not go out. We will burn for you. We will burn for you. Erebo shenderebo kanderebo. Erebo sheterebo kondo. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. The days of ignorance are over. The days of ignorance are over. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. More. More, 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 more of you, oh God. 
more of you, oh God. We want more of you, God. Holy Spirit, we want more of you. We want more of you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we want more of you. We are not 